Mike V, East Coast Radio. In recent moments, the world has begun to pay attention to China and its current COVID-19 lockdown for how intense it is. There are concerns right now that people in China cannot leave their houses to buy food, which could lead to massive human rights infringements because the Chinese government is determined to avoid any kind of COVID transmission. Now, for many South Africans living in Shanghai and other parts of China right now, the reality is quite scary because you aren't really with protection within the Chinese state. We caught up with someone called Demi Brody, who is from Durban, born and bred in KZN, and she tells a story of how she experienced the brutal reality of the Chinese government and its lockdown procedures when she recently was inserted into a facility without any real plans to be there. Around mid-March, we started like seeing every now and then they were saying, okay, there's a case in one district so we're locking down um a compound in that district so obviously we all live in like closed compounds with like some of the compounds have got thousands of people living in them um mine mine's only got a couple hundred but um they started just locking down those compounds and saying okay the person who has the case we're going to monitor them and we're going to monitor um everyone in the compound to make sure that it hasn't been spread so i was at school one day and um, I came into school and my TA messaged me and she said, oh, I, I can't get into school. They're locking down the school. And this was like at eight o'clock in the morning. And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean they're locking down the school? So and this was on a Friday, a Friday morning. They picked up cases in three different international schools. What they did is they locked us in the school. They tested every single person in the school, every teacher, every kid. Like anyone who was on the premises, they locked us all in. And um, they, this was at like eight o'clock in the morning. And then they kept us at school until the evening, um, until all our results came out. After a few days, they told us, OK, one half of Shanghai is going to be on full lockdown for four days. And then we're going to do the other half of Shanghai um, lockdown four days. And once we've got all the cases um, we'll all be, it'll be lifted and we can carry on. And this was on about the 25th of March. They started the first half of the lockdown. So obviously we're like 26 million people in Shanghai. In our minds, we thought, okay, this will be easy. We'll just do half and half, test everyone, and then, you know, we'll all be free to go. And it's just become indefinite. Obviously we're still locked down. And when I say locked down, like just, it's not like, we're working from home and we can go and grab groceries or something like that. Or one person can leave the house or you can go for exercise. Like we can't leave our front door of our apartment. And um, they told us, okay, don't stress too much. Everything's going to be fine. This delivery service, everything. Um, You just need to stay at home. The day that they actually started the lockdown, they, they told us, okay, now there's no delivery service. You can't get groceries, you can't get water, everything's going to be provided to you from the government. Um, and until now, so this is our, for me, for our compound, this is day 27. So our compound only locked down the 1st of April. Um, and we've, de- we've received like two government packages in those 27 days. One of them was like a couple of vegetables and another one was a bag of rice. So apart from obviously my, my personal experience with testing positive, it's just been a case of people are starving. Things went from being concerning to being terrifying after Demi tested positive for COVID. I did my first round of testing in the first week of lockdown and I was negative. 
um, for the first two tests, I was negative. And then, um, so we basically test every day at the moment. Per household, they put all your swabs into one batch. They just test each batch. And then if you have an abnormal result, they come and test each person. So our abnormal result came through. Okay, our like community leader told us, okay, we're going to come in and test each person one by one. So we got tested one by one. I was still negative, but one of the people in my that lives with me, um, she tested positive. So we were a little stressed. So we just we have a master bedroom. So we put her in the master bedroom and we're like, okay, um, we'll just all wear masks inside and just stay away from each other. And about two days later, so I did a antigen test and um, I was positive. Immediately when you test positive on your home test, you have to um, tell to the people who are like kind of running our compound. So they're in charge of us. And I asked for um, home quarantine because we live in a house where there's separate bathrooms. So we would be like good candidates for home quarantine. And then I was told to contact my employer. So I did that and to contact my embassy. So um, I contacted the embassy and that didn't go so well for me. The next day they came to my house and they're like, okay, we're testing you. And then the next day I got a phone call from the CDC um, and they basically told me, okay, you've tested positive and you're going to be picked up in the next few days. And I was like, I obviously immediately stressed out and I told them all these things about why I can't go to a quarantine facility. I have to work. I have to teach online for like five hours. I have to carry on working. Otherwise, I'll lose my job. I gave them all sorts of excuses. And they just basically at that point told me they don't really speak English, but like I have to comply with whatever happens. So the next day, this was on April 17th, they phoned me at about 11 o'clock at night and they said, you're going to be picked up tonight. Um, And again, I gave them all my excuses and they said, like, there's no question. You're like, you're going to be picked up. So I stayed up until about 2 a.m. I packed a bag and I just thought, okay, you know, they had been taken a lot of they had taken a lot of foreigners to just hospitals or hotels because um, they were getting so much bad press about the quarantine facilities. And some of the EU consulates had stepped in and spoken out against the Chinese government. So they were um, like being a bit lenient with foreigners and being and taking us to different different facilities. So I thought, let me just do this and it should be OK. So at about half past three in the morning, um, they called me again and they said, okay, you have to come outside. The One of the girls that lives with us also had to come outside. And basically the, the police were there and the CDC were there. And um, they basically escorted us to this bus and you have to go to this facility. When I spoke to Demi about this, the recollection of this particular moment seemed to cause her intense discomfort because she remembered how scared she felt at this very vulnerable time. What happened next is unimaginably intimidating. I ended up in basically what was a abandoned warehouse. Maybe on our floor, there were maybe a thousand beds and there's three floors of beds. So you're sleeping close quarters with a mixture of negative and positive people. Um, you obviously have no privacy. It's, it's You're just sleeping in like a cubicle on a bed that has no mattress. <laughs> and um, they keep the lights on 24-7 so you can't sleep at all. Yeah, the bathroom facilities, they were like squat, squat toilets and portaloos outside that were really unsanitary. So I tried to just not drink anything so that I didn't have to use the toilets. They feed you just very low cost like Chinese food. 
um, which was edible. I mean, I basically ate the rice and whatever I could distinguish was food. Feed you three times a day, which is good. At least you're being fed. And they would bring like fresh fruit every day or second day. Maybe they'll give you like an apple or an orange or something like this. The question then begins to be asked, how does Demi possibly get out? Basically, you have to stay in the facility until you test negative twice. Um, So I was still testing positive when I got there. They had taken a while to realize that I was positive. So by the time I got there, I started testing negative on the second or third day. Um, And once you test negative, then they give you a PCR test. And then after that, it's quite a long road to get home because basically the facility needs to contact the district so the district that you live in then the district has to contact the street that you live in and then the street has to contact the community that you live in um, and they basically have to accept you back there's been cases where um, the community just says no we don't want them back like they can't come back to the compound so people have had to go and then try and find a, a hotel that will actually take you because obviously once you've been in a facility, no one wants to take you in case you spread the virus around wherever you are. Um, so, yeah, it took me five days after I qualified to be released. It took me five days to get out of the facility. Majority of the time that I was actually in the facility, um, I, was, I didn't have COVID and I was just around people that did have COVID waiting to be taken out. What's happening is that they're publishing the numbers that are coming out of the facility as like a, um, an accomplishment. So everyone who comes out of the facility has been cured by the Chinese government, basically. But basically, when you get there, no one checks you for symptoms. No one asks you what your symptoms are. No one even speaks to you, really. They just show you to your bed. And then every second day, they would give me like Chinese, traditional Chinese medicine, which is kind of just like a tea And then you could drink the tea. But yeah, they were, I mean, I would say like 85% of the people in my facility were above the age of like 70 and had COVID. The whole time I was there, I couldn't actually really work out who was a nurse um, that was checking up on anyone or anything like that. There was no medical treatment. Demi documented every facet of his story on her Instagram page. You can find it here. Okay, my handle's just at Demi Brody, D-E-M-I-B-R-O-D-I-E. And I've saved my whole story onto my highlight reel. It's called COVID Diary. And basically, it just starts from the beginning when I first got my red QR code, which meant I couldn't really participate in in society, to now eventually getting out. And finally, Demi has one more statement about her experience of this COVID-19 lockdown in Shanghai and her feelings of helplessness and lack of support. We've contacted Durko, we've contacted the consulate, we've contacted anyone really just for a bit of support. Um, And I would say that our main thing, and I'm now speaking on behalf of like hundreds of South Africans basically because we've all banded together to try and get this across to um, anyone who can help us. As a community, just quite disappointed in, in even being able to contact people that are supposed to help us in a foreign country. It's been one of the most deflating parts of This whole experience was just realizing how little support a consulate can actually provide. And it's not it's not um, particular to South Africa. Just being able to get the word out about what's actually going on in in Shanghai and how we actually do kind of need some help um, would be my sole purpose for even sharing my story with people back in South Africa or anywhere in the world, really.